Cited sources may not be suitable for some listeners. The show contains strong language, mature content, and graphic details. Listener discretion is advised. we go so hello everybody and welcome to cite your sources a show for those who enjoy mostly coherent conversations discussing the details behind true crime strange happenings the paranormal conspiracy theories and all of the weird offbeat topics that haunt your mind when you're alone i'm your host shelby and i am back in today's episode to go over the richard kuklinski part two corrections which is the show's second official mini-episode specifically for corrections because, oh man, this, this whole series is just one wild roller coaster. <clears throat> so, let's get started. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is the Ken Rowe quote that is... Um, I believe it was near the top of the episode, maybe about 10, 15 minutes in. So there's a retired NYPD captain, uh, captain of detectives named Ken Rowe, and he's quoted saying that back then there were no citywide records of homicide being kept. Because he was killing in all different ways, the cops didn't think one guy was doing it. In a sense, they were inadvertently giving him a license to kill. (coughs) So... I do think that this quote alone would give a tiny bit of credence to Richard's history. However, I'm still a little bit skeptical because I'm not sure what information Ken Rowe is going off of. Um, He could be going off Carlo's book. He could be going off um, information from Bruno's book. He could be going off information from, you know, being an NYPD detective at the time. Um, you know, there very well could have been numerous, numerous, you know, homeless people turning up dead. Um, I wasn't able to really find any corroborating information. Um, unfortunately, with the homeless population, uh, stuff like that is incredibly difficult to come by. Um, the next thing I want to touch on is Mr. Anthony DePetty from uh, Chicago, sorry. So, Anthony DePetty from Chicago. Long and short of the story with him is that um, he owed Carmine, uh, I think it was like 70 grand, um, and Carmine ended up sending Richard to Chicago to basically deal with DePetty. DePetty gave him the runaround for a couple days, Richard threatened to kill him, almost killed him, and then finally ended up killing him, allegedly, um, after he got the remaining 35000 for Carmine. So I did a fairly copious amount of digging into Anthony DePetty. I could not find a single fucking thing. There was, there was nothing. And it, according to Carlo's book, um, DePetty was killed in the Gentleman's Club, I, I believe it was. Um, 
man, this is just, this is terrible for, for a show called Cite Your Sources. I'm just, I can't even cite my own sources. Like, there, there was just so much that happened. Um, so, yeah, Richard shoots DePetty in whatever club they were in after DePetty gave him the 35000 um, and apparently one of the, the dancers, strippers, whatever you want to call them, um, gave the police a fairly adequate description of Richard. However, I was sifting through, you know, the, the 50s, the 60s, even the 70s. I could not find anything on an Anthony DePetty being killed in any type of club or in any type of manner, fashion, etc., period. There, there's no record... That I again I, that I was able to find of an Anthony DePetty being killed, so it's possible. But I think this uh, it it might come from an actual person that Richard knew or had heard about. But I'm I'm gonna err on the side of it was something he kind of boosted himself up with. He's like, yeah, I, I killed this guy Anthony DePetty. So not too sure. Again, I'm leaning on the side that, you know, it, it's just another glamorization, fictitious story. Uh, the next thing. Um, this one was actually pretty interesting. So the next point that I want to move to <coughs> is Jim O'Brien, who I'm assuming his full name is James O'Brien, who was a former police captain. Um, Richard had allegedly done a deal with him uh, where Richard was paid $5,000 plus expenses to pick up a, a suitcase of heroin. Uh, you know, there, there's no beating around the bush with that. So I did a little digging to see if I could find a like New York uh, state, city, surrounding cities um, captain, the police captain by the name Jim or James O'Brien. And while I did come across a couple of obituaries, um, one of them did line up with whoever this James O'Brien person was being a cop. However, he was serving in Vietnam, uh, likely at the time that Richard claims to have worked with said Jim o James O'Brien. Um, the other gym that I found actually worked at GlaxoSmithKline, so that's definitely not him. Um, and I'm actually trying to do another search right now as I'm talking. Um, unfortunately, there's just so many search results on Google, I don't think I'm going to actually find anything. So this one, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chalk it up as likely another fabricated story by Richard to, you know, again, beef himself up, up a bit. Um, another thing, because we are just rife with corrections in this entire series, um, Mr. Carlo, if you ever hear these episodes, you know, obviously you went off first-hand interview answers, um, I'm just, I'm just gonna throw a, a little slighted suggestion, I guess, write slightly better books, please, <laughs> like, definitely be able to corroborate and cross-reference your information much better because um, again we're, we're going to get into this at the end of episode four um, there's there's a pretty solid handful of 
inconsistencies in Mr. Kuklinski's life. Um, speaking with in, of inconsistencies, let's move on to the next one, everybody. So, I could not cross-reference anyone by the name of Arthur DeGilio. However, I did find a John DeGilio who was indicted on extortion charges in 1968 but got acquitted in 1970, and he was later indicted again on racketeering in 1988, but he was once again acquitted. So he was like John DeGilio. Um, if you do a Google search, uh, D-E-G-I-L-I-O, or it might be G-I-L-L-I-O, I don't recall this, the exact spelling, um, he was part of the Sicilian Mafia. Um, it's very possible he had a family member named Arthur. However, as the usual, I could not find any information on an Arthur DeGilio. Um, and sorry, give me just a second. Um, oh, apparently Arthur DeGilio was a mob boss. Um, oh, right, right, right. This was the guy that Carmine um, won credit card shoved up his ass. So... You know, I, I, with, a, with a mob boss, again, it would make news. And, like, uh, let me say this. T- take what I say with a grain of salt. Just because I was not able to find it, Charlie was not able to find it, does not mean that it didn't actually happen. It strictly means we weren't able to corroborate the information. So, again, if, if anybody else has access to this information, links, articles, publicate, I like anything, anything whatsoever... C-Y-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. Please, by all means, send them our way and I will, you know, eat my words, retract even more statements, come out with more corrections. Um, I I just want to be as factual as possible, considering the show is called Cite Your Sources. (laughs) And the last thing I want to talk about is... Um, just the existence of the Pelican Lounge. Um, there, this event of Richard walking up and killing, I think it was a bouncer. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to go through our outline while doing these corrections. Um, oh, it was, so Richard had an altercation with another patron at the Pelican Lounge. Um, I, I guess the bartender intervened and the the two took their fight outside and Richard ended up stabbing a guy so here's the thing Pelican Lounge um, I'm assuming it's a bar maybe a nightclub there's going to be a lot of people around whether outside, inside, up, down, around what have you there's I'm hard pressed to think that nobody witnessed any type of anything with this fucking how tall was he six five six seven dude that pulled out a hunting knife and just fucking oh, <laughs> um so yeah I, I think um actually I should double check Bruno's book to see if that's corroborated in there at all um but yeah that's uh that's the last point I wanted to make um and actually, this event would... So, Carlos states in his book that at the time of this event, the, the Pelican Lounge incident, 
that Richard was 24. So being born in 1935, that would put Richard, uh, that would put Richard at the location sometime in 1959 or 1960. Um, I couldn't find any records of a Pelican Lounge existing in Union City. But again, just because I can't find it or Charlie can't find it doesn't mean it's not out there. Um, that's about all I've got for this little corrections mini episode. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find the show on Instagram and Twitter at CYS Podcast. If you'd like to correct my corrections or offer corrections for any past or future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at CYSPOD at gmail.com. And we do ask that if you have any corrections, please include your source information so that we can investigate it as well. Um, and that's about it. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this corrections episode. We hope that you're enjoying the Richard Kuklinski series, you know, albeit pretty disastrous in hindsight. <laughs> um, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>